If someone wanted to start a new flooring company with a, a fun name, they could call it I Am Grout. Mm. And they can find a way to make it the little tree guy from uh, from the Star Trek movies. <laughs> right. Yeah, I'm, I'm phoning it in this week, so I have nothing. So that's, that's kind of the only <laughs> uh, offline note I have today. Actually, I have, I have a couple of things, but that, yeah, there's, that was my lackluster intro. Yeah, I don't know. What is the thing? Oh, oh, that's where it came from. So there was a thing I forget what I was shopping for, but I somehow Amazon recommended to me um, a corgi flower pot, which it's, it's not bad, Amazon. But I didn't think like I don't know if it's a misspelling or it's one of those things where the seller is trying to avoid copyright, but they kept spelling it Croggy, like C R O G I, hmm. and it confused me. And then um, they also had a uh, Groot flower pot thing, but it was spelled Grout. And that's where that came from. That was an unnecessary story, but that's where that came from. You haven't seen any of the Marvel movies, have you? God, no. Hmm. Um, no, I think I saw a third of an Iron Man on cable, and I don't know if that's in the MCU. Um, but no. That, that kind of started the MCU. Yeah, that's when everybody started liking Robert Downey Jr. again. Right. I forget why he was a pariah in Hollywood for a bit, but everybody loves him again. Right. Um, that, that could actually be a decent segue right into follow-up. No, 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 no. No, no. Hold on. We've got to talk about okay. something you posted earlier today. All right. So there's, there's two recent developments in the um, operational side of the show. So one, you have, you have ripped up the flooring, and we are now using Google Docs. And it's apparently going to frustrate you that whenever I get bored or I'm, I can't, uh, I'm thinking too much i will move my cursor around a lot and just start clicking around (laughs) well in some ways it's upsetting but in other ways it's actually kind of nice because i can hear the clicking and so (laughs) you can see it now i can see it so i can you know have kind of a visual cue as to what you're doing so it gives me a little bit more context which of course you're i know you're all about Normally, it's more purposeful, but now that Google Docs is, lives inside of Chrome, I feel obligated to have this tab open. So therefore, I think this is going to be the home for most of my clicking, which is why we need the garden. <laughs> but um, I'm behind schedule, so the garden did not get planted. That's for What's the garden? Uh, you'll see it next week. I can't dig it up in my favorites or... Well, that, dig, dig it dig it up? Is that a... Oh, that, that, that on purpose? No, that was more clever than I thought it would be. <laughs> Um, actually hold on. Does this work? I was trying to find a thing. This might be the most confused I've ever been on the show. No, I can't find it. Anyway, I'll, it, it'll be, it'll be a holdover for next week. People, people can write in if they already know what I'm talking about. So what, remind me, what mic do you have again? I have, oh, you listened to Upgrade, didn't you? Yeah. <laughs> Only this, this ties into what we're talking about here. Um, I have the, let me too many windows all right um because i'm sort of like mike where i can never remember what the the different types of mics are but i know there's the one where i have the electro voice re320 so it must not be one of the ones that you have to talk directly into and it doesn't really pick up any sort of sounds off to the side because sometimes it sounds like you're actually or you're not actually like holding up your mouse against the microphone are you (laughs) No, I mean not that I'm not not that I'm bitter about it or anything. I just I'm just asking a question. I appreciate how angry this makes you. <laughs> uh, 
Uh, no, I actually think this is one of the better ones where it, um, I think it's just kind of in like the focal plane of audio. Um, the is mouse- that a term? I think you might be you might be mixing photography with audio. I think it sort of works. I think light waves and and, and uh, whatever the sound equivalent is, sonic waves, maybe. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, sonic youth, like that. That goes. Yeah, I think I just have it's this damn trackball is very loud. I, I that was actually going to be my next question. Is you know is, is it just that the mouse is or the, not the mouse? And now I'm all flustered. The mic <laughs> well, is yeah, actually you're trying really... to drag me. <laughs> The mic is really good at not picking up those kinds of sounds, but the mouse is just so damn loud that, you know, there's only so much the microphone can do. Maybe just because this is the kind of microphone where if I'm not like within two inches of it, like the the voice fall off is, is very, very pronounced. Right. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. I like the RE320. Anyway. So next week we will get back to the garden. Okay. Uh, what was I talking about? Oh yeah. So so the, yeah, you're having us use Google Docs now. We're gonna see how that works. But yeah, so you'll see my my mouse pointer clicking around all over the place. Uh, but you also, we have a uh, private team Slack where you have this is a new development. Uh, the Oval Office, which was named before this presidency, um, well, well before, uh, has been getting crowded with uh, vanity license plates, which is now a thing that we commonly exchange. <laughs> um, because in the Bay Area, one the, the the no, this is not a slight at you, but the the Model Three is basically the Honda Civic of the Bay Area. It, yeah, you're not you're not wrong. I don't. It, think it used to be the BMW three twenty eight was the, right. was that, but now no, it's it's moved on to the Model Three. Um. So in but EVs in particular have really stupid license plates. Or like I don't know if it's if you get like a discount on your registration fees at the DMV <laughs> if you if you make a stupid. <laughs> I don't mean I'm not trying to be that negative, but if people saw our Slack, they would see how many just in in Marin County and the East Cut, how many annoying license plates there are. I keep seeing some do with EV Nomad, and I I can't that one's not that bad, but it's not like the ones that are the worst are like no gas or like uh, uh, LOL yeah. OPEC or something. Like I'm like yeah. Ugh. <laughs> um. But yeah, no, we we created a new channel. I think for the first time since we started this whole thing. Yeah, it's been Oval Office and and the other two for a bit. Yeah. But the reason I bring this up is you posted a picture of, and this was not actually a vanity plate. This was just it was an uncommon uh, way to mount a license plate, and I guess maybe you hadn't seen it before. So this is the blue Model Three that you posted, right? So for so for some context. So the Model 3, when you take delivery, does not come with any sort of way of attaching a front license plate. But in California, it's technically the law that you have one. So I don't, I don't know if they include these with every Model 3 or if they literally just provide them for deliveries in California. But with the car, you get this little kit where you can mount this little holder and then clip the license plate into it so you know me being a good citizen i i have mine um attached and you know like a at least what i thought anyway like a normal person would do i have it in the center of my car and i think at the time i did it like i even pulled out like a tape measure and you know i was you know being my typical sort of accountant type self with it right <laughs> they're good with measuring teams <laughs> just you know what they teach kind you. of Right. Yeah. Yeah. Debits and credits. Um, 
but so I, I, I saw this Model 3 today that, you know, also in a good kind of citizenry sort of way, put their front license plate on. Hmm. But they put it off to the side. It's, it's so if you're, if, you're, you're, if you're looking directly at the car, it's sort of like a third of the way across the car going from right to left. So it's kind of like just under... It's outside the 4 by 3 safe zone. It is. It's, it's, sort of, it's almost like just underneath the edge of the left headlight, mm-hmm. which I've never seen anything like this before. And so that, that was why I, I sent you the photo. And I was surprised to hear that, I guess this is like a thing or like you've seen it before. Like, do you have any, any idea? I do. So, okay. so here's the thing. So first, when you got your kit, like I did some research on this, specifically with the Model 3, because I wanted to see kind of what the deal was. Because I, I see, because um, I'm frequently near a Tesla showroom and, I will, and also near a Tesla supercharger. So I will see a lot of Model 3s and almost none of them have the front license plate because... Tesla owners are above it. Yeah. Um, the laws don't apply to them. Mm-hmm. But um, for the kit that they give you to mount the thing, isn't it basically just like super heavy duty uh, adhesive? Like you don't have to drill into the car. Correct. Yeah, it's, it's just adhesive. Yeah. So that's the thing. So basically what's happening here, and I, I know this just because I like if you ever like uh, go on a forum or do any research related to a car that could ever be classified as a performance car. There's like a whole lot of ancillary jackassery of people like trying to post their like their mods. Wait, I'm actually, sure. can, I, can we write down that as our show title? Yeah, yeah, please, yeah. Um, how do you spell jackassery? We'll figure it out. People will know. Um, but yeah, people will like always like like my car could be if you put a bunch of garbage on it could be considered that kind of car. So people will in in states that don't require a front license plate. Most people will not put it on there, or the manufacturer will not put the the bracket on there. And on most cars, like but my two previous cars, um, it is actually something where you drill into the front bumper. Like it's oh, something, it's something would, that would never get removed, so it doesn't actually matter. And if it was not, if it didn't ship to you without it being there, like I don't think anybody would ever notice or care. But there's some people who'd have a car like uh like audi bmw or or whatever where they've, they're like oh no my precious baby i don't want anything drilled into it so most cars will have on the front which is why this is where it is on the tesla they have a little tow hook where on the front of your car if you notice on the front like the left side of the front oh bumper, i'm i'm very familiar where that tow hook is oh it's had to, they had to pop it off and use it a couple times just once <laughs> but yes was that when it got bricked yes uh good times episode 154 maybe might be close um so yeah so people uh specifically with um because tesla actually does the bracket the the mounting thing smart where i guess like maybe they have enough trust in that adhesive where by default like the the brackets that you'd get from bmw or audi actually do have to be like drilled into the bumper i mean it's a permanent modification but whatever so i mean yeah that that adhesive one that it comes with that thing's not going anywhere yeah well that's the thing where i feel like if you were trying to take it off it would take some paint with it so therefore i'm not sure that's really that much different you'd you'd bingo i i think if if you wanted to take off the one that i put on i think you'd have to have that professionally done i don't think i'd be able to do it so therefore i assume like if you really like sold your car to somebody in a state that didn't matter they also could patch the like the two small drilled holes on it so i think it's the same level of effort but anyway 
um the people that do this who don't want to uh like um maim their precious car will use the front tow hook as a way to mm. mount the uh the license plate but as a result it's in a really stupid location that that looks way way worse than just having it in the middle like visually it looks terrible like it, it kills the lines of the car even though i kind of i i like the way the model 3 looks in general i don't love the way the front looks though like just the front is too it's just too bulbousy like i don't know hmm. um and i think it, that is it looks better with the license plate there i think the f- kind of funky front looks without the license plate on the model 3 it it looks better with it so i it's it's funny you say that because i was going to put mine on regardless but i did realize that the first time that i held up the little frame thing kind of in preparation of putting it on like my first thought was like huh i actually think this looks better with it on yeah like it looks especially on the gray one like the dark gray that it does not look bad because the the front of the model 3 in that color specifically it looks like the car came dented i kind of love it but if you have them at the license well, that's, plate that's there, the color i have but thanks no no but you have your license plate on like somebody who's who's not entitled so therefore it looks totally fine <laughs> um you have or have not gotten the thing that makes the tires look different that have like the you know the fun you, do you did you get the one that has the funky arrow wheels yes have you left them standard i have do you have but thoughts on that um so i actually have a lot of thoughts on that so okay, well, hold on so let's let's wrap up the, the thing real quick then before we get okay. into that yeah so yeah so that's the whole point is yeah this this totally happens a lot and it's usually if you ever see somebody who has a license plate mountain like this it's like somebody who has one of those black uh retro ni- like 1960s black and yellow california plates like you can automatically tell they're going to be a jerk in traffic <laughs> like it's it is the biggest it's like a puka song necklace it's like the biggest identifier of what's what's about to happen well th- thank you for enlightening me here because i had absolutely no explanation for why this was where it was but that that makes total sense i mean it's it's dumb but i but i get it now um how on earth i actually i ah, shit I tried uploading a file to Slack, but it was on the wrong channel, and then I switched the channel, and now it won't, let, it won't not let me upload it. <laughs> okay, hold on. All right, so uh, th- there's a, a quick, quickly, a related bit of follow-up I'm putting in the DM. So this is another bit of, uh, you know, people who think they have a performance car shenanigans that I'm not sure if you're familiar with. Have you seen this before? Uh, where the, you put your U.S. plates over your European plates? Uh-huh. Yeah, I've seen that. So this one is, is, is extra offensive. Um, oh and, no! In 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 a, in a it, I I understand this is frivolous conversation in light of a lot of things in the world, but like just, just let let this be the listener's respite of of garbage, where we talk about frivolous stuff. So this makes no sense to me, or this upsets me so much because have so have you seen these before? Well, I'm I'm just going off the, of the title of this photo. Oh, I forgot that it inherited the thing. Yeah. Um, that's okay. Cause I, that this is not what I, I thought this was like a, just a legitimate thing. Like someone who had brought their car over from Europe, but this is, this is not that. So I, I think maybe three people in the United States have ever done that and everybody else is faking it because here's the thing. One, like, have you, have you ever heard of European delivery for cars? I, I know like, isn't there something with Audi where you can actually go to the factory, pick it up, drive it around some, and then they'll 
ship it home for you yeah i know volvo audi and bmw will do this where you can where it's called ed and you can go to the factory so you can go to spartanburg or wherever whatever is sweden switz is volvo switzerland or um sweden it's one of them you're asking you're asking the wrong guy i know um, that tesla's in fremont and that's about it uh, local local sports team, yeah. <laughs> um, so yeah, so you you can take a European delivery of most cars, and that's and that's fine, uh, and that's kind of a cool thing. But you generally like nobody's ever going to have a like legit European plates like ever because one, if you one most a lot of most cars in Europe, I actually, like the majority, I would think probably are right hand drive cars. So therefore, you're already lying because that wouldn't be a car you're allowed to drive in the U.S. No, I think that that's that's really just the. Is it UK. just the UK? Yeah, continental Europe is all. Germany is right hand drive. drive, aren't they? No, they're left hand. Oh well, real time follow up. Hold on, right. <laughs> Worldstandards.eu. Hold on, drives on the right, drives on the left. Okay, Bermuda. Okay. I think it's I think it's really just the UK and like some of their formal former like colonies, but I, mainland Europe is all. Um, left-hand drive oh maybe they'll fix it in brexit wait no this will this will embolden <laughs> wait okay all right so i take i take that back but also i but the point still stands that this, this your car did not come from europe at least not in that sense so like this this is the most pretentious but it's also not pretension in the sense that it's it's not even real so like you went on ebay and bought a fake eu license plate that's never been legitimate and you put your California plate on top of it. That that's really bad. It's so lame. Like I, it's like somebody who puts like you also don't. This is we won't go into this, but like there's fake badging of cars. Like you know where um, Audi will have like the RS line for their super high performance ones, and BMW has their M models. Right. There are people who will buy those badges for their car, even if it's not that model. Which I mean, whatever, do what you want. But the weird part is that. For anybody that cares about that distinction, because no no normal person does, they're going to know that it's fake. So why <laughs> you're not impressing a normal person and the people that would care and maybe be vaguely impressed know that it's fake. Anyway, huh. car stuff is dumb. That's the one thing I, I'm, I, I'm, I'm learning. I'm learning a lot. Thank you. I'm glad that's what this show's here for. Mm -hmm. That is the one thing I'm excited about with electric cars is that most of them are going to be super boring where this kind of stuff won't matter. Like, cause nobody ever compares like horsepower on electric cars. Like all of that crap that makes people think, Oh, this, this car's sporty, like not the dog, like the thing like that's, that's not going to be a thing when EVs are, are the dominant, um, uh, thing people buy. Or the thing that I think about sometimes is, you know, how people, um, really like, or I should say some people really like loud cars, kind of Ugh. like the louder, the better, or the, you know, they'll, they'll do, um, mods as you would say Ugh. to make, you know, cars louder. Yeah. So I, I went the other direction and got a car that's just quiet. <laughs> Again, this is, this is this, the be in the bonnet episode, but like the people who make their cars extra loud one, it's usually people with lame cars that do that. It's the uh, like equivalent of remember being a kid and you put playing cards in your bicycle spokes. <laughs> right it is the adult equivalent of that except it's even less cool somehow yeah but i do like that evs are silent mostly silent other than like just tire noise pretty good do you want to you want to circle back to the aero wheels i do so when the model 3 was first announced 
and I first saw those wheels because they, they were announced as the stock wheels, which they still are. I really did not like them, like in the initial photos that I saw. But then I um, saw, uh, you know, a couple early Model 3s like out in the wild and started, you know, started coming around to them a little bit, but was still a little unsure about them. But then when it came time to order mine, like I knew I wasn't going to pay the extra thousand or fifteen hundred dollars for the 19 inch wheels because that just seemed silly and I don't really love the way those look either. So, but I, but I also knew that the aero covers were really easy to take off. So I knew that if I ended up not liking them, that I kind of had an alternative built into those wheels, but ever since I've gotten mine, I actually have come to really like them. And I actually have a neighbor just on the street over who has basically the exact same car as me, same color and everything. And he, he's taken his aero covers off and had bought, bought the kit to, you know, just have this kind of the spokes underneath. And I, th- I think it looks fine, but I, I prefer the way the aero covers look, I think. That's fair. Like I, I, I've, I've looked at it both ways and I don't know, like I, the only problem is that on a black model three, it, and also to an extent on the gray one, it's a little too much gray because they're kind of like a brushed charcoal, right? Yeah, they are. But the, um, kind of the, um, part underneath is a little darker, but relatively similar. Yeah. As long as you like it. It's cool that they made a design that is um, kind of convertible. Yeah, definitely. I mean, the the kit, at least the, the official one from Tesla, um, I guess I could try to pull this up in real time. It's um, it's not cheap. Uh, let's see. Aero, uh, Aero cap kit, I guess is what it's called, maybe, based on, yeah. Um, it's eh, more expensive bucks. than you think. Oh, well, you need four of them. Yeah, 200 bucks. That's not bad. Um, no, includes four Tesla logo wheel caps, 20 wheel lug caps, and one lug oh. nut cover puller. So it's only 50. That's amazing. That's the, for some, for some reason I was thinking it was like 150, but yeah, no. So it's, it's only 50 bucks, but so this is actually a really good picture of what it looks like underneath and it's, eh, it's okay. Yeah. I like the, uh, shop.tesla.com. Uh, has a lifestyle section. Ugh, what is dude. a Tesla collectible? Hold on. You, Hold no, on. They, Gotta know. Don't. Don't. No, no, no. I wouldn't click that. It's just going to make you angry. Oh, no, that's cool. Like, I'm like I'm not opposed to a die-cast car. Like, that's cool. Oh, okay. So the, the lifestyle stuff is separate from the apparel. I thought there were, I thought the apparel was included in lifestyle. Oh, no, apparel. It's, it's, the, yeah. it's the apparel that's going to make you angry. Although they do sell that stupid radio flyer $600 model S for kids. <laughs> Very upsetting. Uh okay. Uh so we have that out of the way. What else was there? Yeah, they they sell their corporate jacket online. Ugh. That's that's re- that's really that's really upsetting. Yeah. Okay, I need. I'm I'm closing this tab. All right, I have one more frivolous thing uh, before we get into the other stuff. Um, you like good internet trauma, right? Uh, sure. Who doesn't? Yeah. All right. So this and this is the person. I'm sending you a tweet. 
And I am on this person's side. So Richie Nakano, he is a uh, chef in the Bay Area. I think he lives in the city. He used to have a restaurant called Hapa Ramen. Uh, it was great. I went a couple times, but then there was a thing and then it ended up. Now he, he does other stuff. He still cooks, but he does other stuff. So he highlighted this. And I want to know what you think of this. Basically, he points out a, a tweet from somebody named Zach Reiner. And basically, he does the thing, and this has become, and I sent you a different example of this this week, where people will go on Twitter or social media, and they will just make it like kind of like a tweet that's meant at everybody. So it's kind of like an open letter to the internet, where they will tag the business or restaurant or whatever that they're complaining about or have an issue with. And they'll just kind of like air out their dirty laundry in front of everybody. So this one, the tweet is, had to cancel a reservation at, at SF Nightbird and was rudely told on the phone that I had to pay $100. Nowhere in the reservation section did it show this fee, just a, uh, a vague warning, time to talk to Amex about a chargeback, dot, dot, dot. So a few things. So one, like our, one of our favorite restaurants, Pico, used to, when they were on open table, did charge a no-show fee and did require a credit card to hold the reservation. But the thing that like Richie points out is, uh, Siri, show me exactly the type of person I would expect to act like this. And then his bio is that he works on Oculus at Facebook. <laughs> so, and also, I don't ever like to really comment on people's appearance, but kind of the picture the picture is who you, the kind of person you'd expect to do this. Mm-hmm. So, what are your thoughts on, one, also, what, SF Nightbird, like that, that is a restaurant in Hayes Valley that, one, it is definitely a $4 sign restaurant. And it is not like some restaurant backed by like soup, like it's not a Michael Mina uh, or like some super rich boy um, restaurant where they could, they can stomach it and they have people lining up out the door. Like I'm sure it's popular, but it's, it's not that place. So what do you think of no show fees? Um, and also, and eh, what do you, what, what are your thoughts about people who just, whenever they don't get their way in the world, they will just kind of try to have this like open just like I, I have maybe a decent amount of followers and I'm just going to talk shit on the internet, even though I'm probably in the wrong. So the, the late, the late fee thing, I don't mind as long as, you know, the, the policy is transparent and is obvious when you're making the reservation, that doesn't bother me, especially with something like open table where it's so frictionless and easy to make a reservation that you want to kind of try to make it sticky somehow. So I, I, I get that. In terms of shaming brands online like this, I don't, I don't love that. I think if it raises a legitimate concern with the product or service that the public should know about, then that's a little bit different. But if it's just a general complaint like this, I don't think this is the right way to go about it. Yeah, like I think there's two levels of this. There's one of people who basically have enough of a following where they just feel like Twitter or social media is their customer service channel. Like they don't try to go through just how issues are generally resolved. Because like with any business, like just sometimes something just does not meet your expectations or there's a disagreement or or whatever. And you like you can either try to get it resolved the normal way or you can just kind of be that person. But with this one, I don't know, like it, this, this feels just like way dumber and way more annoying where like you have somebody who's probably a rich person complaining that their rich person restaurant charged them for canceling within 24 hours. I don't know. It's double thumbs down to this. 
All right, let me put my tab back on Google Docs, start clicking around. All right, so <laughs> that's enough of that. So uh, that was all our fun stuff. So let's, well, hopefully, maybe this is fun stuff. I don't know, but the Rotten Tomatoes thing maybe thinks it's maybe not. Uh, one of us saw The Lion King. Yeah, the, the lady friend and I, we went and saw it this past weekend. So this the struggle with me with this was the trailers looked so good. It just it and the hype around it before it was released was so high. It just it seemed like just like the slam dunk hit of the year. Like it seemed like what could possibly not be good about this. And so I was really surprised when the Rotten Tomato score came out. And then seeing some of the articles, I think one of which we talked about a couple of weeks ago, where you know people were kind of laying out their criticisms, and they like they made sense to me, but I still sort of didn't want to believe it. So I, I really had to see this, um, and everything people are saying about it is totally right. Oh man, um, it's it's I mean it's a it's a technical achievement, no doubt. Like it it just from like a pure like bits and bytes perspective like it's it's remarkable and there's actually been some really good articles that have come out sort of like behind the scenes stuff as as to like how they made it and it involves like vr goggles and all kinds of it's really cool but like the end result is just it's it's just kind of soulless like it just doesn't have any of the charm and character of the original movie so so it's not that it's creepy it's just like it's just not as fun so i i didn't i didn't find it creepy um i i felt more like it just it, it was really inconsistent there were certain moments and sequences that that just looked flawless and then there were others particularly with just certain kinds of movement that just didn't look quite right. And it it was just, it was very up and down. Like just within the span of a single scene, you'd go from thinking like, man, that looks really cool to like, Ooh, that, that, that lion didn't turn quite right. Um, but the, the, the main thing they do that's, that's really strange. And I wonder if this was like a debate at some point, like early in production. Um, so the mouth movement is one of the things that's really inconsistent, where sometimes it looks totally fine and it works, and sometimes it, it's just a little off. And there's one song in the movie where the characters are singing, but it's kind of like a montage kind of thing. So the characters are singing, and there's, there's close-up of their faces, but, but the characters are not actually singing in real time. So they're, they're, their mouths are not moving. The, the the you know the the singing is kind of just like happening as ambiance, and I had read this somewhere before, but like I totally had the thought as I was watching. I was I was thinking like, I think this movie would have been better off if they just did that the whole way, if they just had dialogue, but the animals' mouths didn't move. I think that would have been better. Um, so I kind of wish they would have just done that. Um, but yeah, honestly, like the, the, the jank around it, it's there, but I, I didn't, that didn't really bother me. It was more, more so about just the realism just kind of sucked away all of the whimsy 
that the original animated version had. Um, and then the other really big thing is the the realism. The realism kind of brings up some issues for Disney that an animated movie doesn't. Um, like the main one being there's absolutely no like blood in the movie, even though there's actually a couple of like fairly violent sequences. And like in the animated version, you don't really think about it. But in this like ultra realistic version, it's just it's weird to see these big like fight sequences and then <laughs> to not see like any blood. It's just it just doesn't it's not it's not congruent. Um hmm. so yeah, it, it's just um it it just I just I don't think it quite works. Which is too bad. And then I guess the other the other big takeaway is so that James Earl Jones, who was the original voice of Mufasa, who's a is just a total icon, he he was brought back. But he was the only original voice brought back. Everybody else is new. Mm-hmm. And the rest of the voice acting is just it's not very good. Well, so it's so a follow up question on that. Like how do you feel about movies that are just like overloaded with like star power like because isn't that the whole thing where they had they had beyonce and john oliver where i assume you just can't um like you just can't think of oh that's beyonce so i'm i'm really glad you brought that up because that the the lady the lady friend and i had like a ton to like talk about like right when we got out of the theater on this and we we largely felt the same way about it and that that was the very first thing that that she brought up which was like it felt like they sort of just like Instead of like trying to figure out the right casting, they sort of just basically were like, how many big stars can we get? And like they didn't really stop and think like, is this the right casting? Like, and I, you know, I, don't get me wrong. I'm, I, I love Beyonce. I've, I've seen her in concert. She's wonderful. She was just, she was bad in this movie. Like there's, I, I don't, I don't see how you can make an argument in any other way. She just, she was not good. I, the dialogue was not good. I didn't even think the singing style was quite the right fit. I mean, it just the whole, it just was not a good fit. Um, John Oliver as Zazu was, he was so-so, but also I don't think quite the right fit. There's no, really just no, nobody felt like the right fit. Were all the songs the same? Does Redone? Uh, well, <laughs> they were, some of them were more, similar to the original than others so it wasn't just a like for like they just redid the same 12 songs not quite like Close, was there a can't wait to be quite. king except not with the kid from home Improvement? i think i think all the songs were the same but the rendition of them was different Got like it. some of them were shortened um they it wasn't like a note for note recreation got it and that's kind of the, the movie in general is it kind of it goes back and forth between being a frame for frame recreation, like the opening sequence, which, of course, is like one of the more famous parts of The Lion King. That's a just you like cut for cut, you know, I, I it, it, it's identical to the original animated version. But then there are other scenes that are um, fairly different. Huh, that's that's a bummer. 
It is. And I, I, I feel like it's, you just, you kind of like, I would, I would recommend seeing it at some point. I wouldn't necessarily recommend going to theaters for it, but like when it comes out on Disney plus someday, um, I would, I'd watch it cause it's, it's, it's interesting to see. And it's, um, I, I, in some ways I felt similar to how I felt when I saw Toy Story for the first time in theaters where like one of the first thoughts I had walking out was like, that's, that's the way that like animated movies are going to be now. Like the, the old way of doing them is, is going to be just that it's going to be the old way. And this new computer animation style, this is going, this is the future. This is what all animated movies are going to do going forward. Um, and I, I think this, I think this is kind of going to be the future for, um, I don't know if animation is even the right way to say it, but like this is going to be the future of, of movie technology. It, it's a little different because Toy Story, at, even at the time, looked great. This this is, this feels like it's version, you know, zero dot five. You know, it's kind of like in beta almost, but it's it's clearly like where where movies are going. Yeah. Um, and the last question. Uh, how, so this movie made a ton of money. How do you feel about movies that make a lot of money, but aren't very good? It doesn't bother me. But do you think that sends the wrong message to the studio? Like, do you think like, there's no, like it's the same thing, like where if you buy something and it's not good, like you, like they got the sale. So unless you literally return it, like, does this necessarily convey that most people aren't? happy or like didn't didn't really feel that it was worth it but like there's no refunds well i mean i mean who like who am i or any individual to like speak for everybody as to whether or not a movie's good or bad i mean people if people like it then people like it (laughs) uh no that doesn't i mean consumers as a whole will will speak with their their dollars and if people end up liking something then so be it well, no, but, but no, I, but I'm, I don't th- I'm not saying that I think everybody else likes it. What I'm saying is that like it just movies are one of those things where a movie can make a whole ton of money. Like I assume what was like, uh, did the good dinosaur like that Pixar movie that was a real stinker? Like, did that make any money? I don't think so. Yeah, I don't know. Just, you get the point, though. Like we're like it, it makes a ton of money. But if everybody on a week is actually, oh, yeah, that wasn't very good. Then I don't know. It still made the money. Yeah, I mean, I think that's that's fine. But I think, I mean, p- studios do pick up on when trends kind of start dying. Like, you know, Disney kind of quickly picked up the trend on Star Wars. Um, <laughs> the the four-decade-long trend. <laughs> there's, I think there's, there's generally, I mean, the Marvel stuff's been a huge exception to this. But I think there's generally been some sequel fatigue. I think outside of the Marvel movies, you've seen fewer sequels. Um, so I, you know, studios pick up on this stuff, and I, I, I don't think, I don't think the Lion King is bad. It just, it just was missing some key stuff. Uh, okay, yeah, is this even follow up? All right, they well, IKEA's always follow up. So there, uh, nine months ago. There was an announcement of a uh, a collab uh, collaboration, like a mixtape between Sonos and IKEA, and the first thing out of that partnership has come out, which is the Symphonisk. 
Yeah, make fun of that. Uh, Sonos-powered Wi-Fi speaker. And reviews seem to be, eh, that's all right. Like, I mean, I think I actually think I, most people are giving it like a B minus. Like, I think the issue that most reviews have found with it is that the the lamp is not dimmable by default. And some people, this is either a pro or a con, is that it doesn't have any like smart assistant stuff in it. So it is, it, there's no microphones. So if you're somebody who does not trust or like the Echo and Google Assistant ecosystems, that's a plus. If you are built into that, then this is, that's a minus. So. So what does it mean the light's not dimmable by default? Does that mean you, you just have to put a, a dimmable light bulb into it? Or I think you have to buy like you have to buy a smart bulb or something. Like I think it's just basically on or off. Yeah. Right. And again, I have not researched this fully, so I don't know. I could be wrong, but I think the Verge or, or Engadget talked about that. Yeah, this this Verge review will be in the notes, and I think yeah, you're you're exactly right. I think it's um, you just have to put some kind of smart bulb in there. Yeah. I, I think this is cool because it. It's a really good example of like why the HomePod is such a dumb product where <laughs> wow. people like the, the idea that people only want these like ultra high end audio devices is like complete crap. Like I'm, you know, I would consider myself sort of a, a tech enthusiast. Right. And I even like I, I feel like I appreciate um, high end audio. Like I actually like. If I had to choose, like if I'm watching a movie, if I had to choose between like really high end picture quality versus really good sound, I'd actually probably pick really good sound. So like I appreciate high quality sound, but like with my Sonos devices, like I have the Sonos One, those sound perfectly fine to me. They're adequate. They're they're not they're not the highest of the high end, but they sound they sound better than your average thing. Totally. Um, and I love that Sonos is even willing to go kind of to the, the more like low end of the market in terms of audio quality. But the fact that they offer this range of different types of products, all of which tap into their same really good ecosystem is awesome. And it's just, it's so dumb that all Apple does is put out this overpriced version and it's like, well, take this one or sorry, go away. Like that's just it's ridiculous. So we're gonna go back to IKEA, but you you gave me a jumping off point for. Did you you listen to this week's upgrade? I did. I like that everybody's like, oh yeah, the home the HomePod's not very good, even though everybody spent spent like six months saying the HomePod's great. Like when they were talking about the accidental uh, triggers of, uh, Hey Siri. And but but for like the entire review period, people were like, yeah, it's costly, but it's amazing, and it, it hears you from a mile away. But, eh. Part of me like really wanted to go through the effort of going back to the episodes of upgrade <laughs> where they were they were jason and mike were first starting to talk about the home pod and like clip out some of the like raving things they yeah. said about it yeah but, but i that, you're, I'd, don't be that guy yeah be that guy on the inside but don't be that guy outwardly but that that is a um that's a whole other topic but that actually is a um, thing that i notice sometimes with the apple punditry classes mm-hmm. when mm-hmm. a product first comes out there's like people tripping over themselves to praise it and then we'll get to the apple you card. know We'll get to the Apple card. I think basically we're going to talk about uh, Disney Plus and Hulu, and then it's going to be all Apple stuff because we got to keep it tight. But um, there's been a lot. So real quick before you get off IKEA. Um, So yeah, Symphonesque. Sounds cool. Um, One other thing I'm not sure if we ever talked about, uh, Trod Free is dead. Uh, They have now renamed that whole effort, which I think if Symphonesque falls under that umbrella, which is called IKEA Home Smart. So all of their... ZigBee compatible uh, 
smart lighting products are now under that umbrella. And I, and I, I worry, or I think that the smart lighting part is not well understood or has not really gotten the traction that they wanted. Um, and I hope that the Sonos integration kind of is, but I feel like just Ikea is not, um, like poised to be the place for people to learn about this just because like Ikea is just so self-serve. I mean, by design, that's how they keep costs down where I just feel like the discoverability of that stuff in a warehouse, that's just absolutely cavernous. I feel like it's going to be hard for people to figure this out. No, that, that's totally right. I mean, I, I say this again as a, in addition to being a tech enthusiast, a smart home enthusiast, but like this, the smart home stuff, it like it, it all actually kind of sucks and it's all like, <laughs> it's all really, really confusing and super hard to set up and like good luck trying to figure out what's compatible with what and like what requires a hub what you have to set up online versus like on a smartphone app. I mean, it's, it's, it's kind of a, it's like a nightmare when you think about it. And it's, it's kind of, it's a nightmare that I like sorting through and figuring out. But for the average consumer that just sort of wants to go down to the Ikea warehouse, you know, pick up their bedside table and then, you know, walk through, well, I guess Ikea doesn't have self checkout anymore, which is too bad, but um, they walk to the checkout stand and leave, you know, smart home stuff is generally probably not really what they're going to be looking for. So until this stuff becomes easier, I think you're exactly right. Ikea is not going to be the place that people look to for that stuff. Yeah. I hope they succeed. I mean, just because Ikea holds a soft spot in my heart, even though I've lived in Ikea free lifestyle for a bit, but. Well, I, I, I appreciate similar to the Sonos stuff. I appreciate that they're making smart home accessories more accessible from a price standpoint because that is another thing is a lot of smart home stuff is like crazy expensive like c phillips u bulbs well i mean i think they're i think apple's doing good work there (laughs) (laughs) uh anyway all right um so yeah so that's it for symphonisk great um i keep trying to go to omni outliner damn it all right. So new stuff. Uh, so yeah, so let's, there's been a lot of, well, okay, let me bang through some of the, ups, the, the uh, sorry, no, copyright infringement. The, the, what is this called? Media industry news. So, oh God, I forgot about it. Uh, going back to your Model 3, apparently Tesla's trying to integrate Netflix and YouTube into the car. Another thing where, aren't they supposed to be worried, worried about full self-driving? They're sending you emails telling you that the price is going to go up if you don't give them money for their phantom technology. I don't know. Like, this seems like another one of those, like, like the game console thing, which just focus on what, like, no. Everybody has smartphones and tablets. What are you doing? So I, I generally think this stuff is dumb. Um, however, it, it there's something to, if you're, you know, if you're waiting to charge and you've got, I don't know, 15 minutes or so to kill. It, it's sort of neat that like, there's this little stuff that you can play with on the screen. Wait, have you, have you come around to the gaming thing? I mean, I've, I've literally never used it in my car, so I don't even know like how good it is or anything, but the, the idea is like, not, not the worst one. Yeah. I just, I, I just feel like everybody, everybody who has this car 
will have a million and one devices with them that could also do this. Like if, if there was a way for the car to become an airplay screen, I think that's cool. Like I think that's more useful. Like at my gym, the treadmills have Netflix and YouTube built into them now because this technology, just everything's the worst. Like why, like that application is never going to get updated ever. So like, why not just make it an airplay screen or, or like build a Chromecast into the car somehow? Oh yeah, that's I mean that's why like CarPlay and Android Auto are so smart. Exactly, like just, ma- just make the thing a yeah. dumb screen, just in the same way that you've complained that I think until this day, even though the Model S came out like in 2014, uh, the the Tesla OS is there is there a name for that? I don't know. I think I think it's just I don't think they really have a catchy name for it. No, it's just like I think literally what's on my car now is is just called like Tesla Software Version Nine. Okay. Well, they they can they can have Tesla OS for me free. <laughs> just just send me a jacket. They can run with that. Just, yeah, send right. me a jacket, and I will light it on fire. Uh, <laughs> uh, but no, like um, yeah, like it, they still like it's been like six years, and they still can't show the right album art when you're listening to a podcast. So maybe focus on the core stuff first. Right. Okay. Uh, HBO Max is apparently going to have live sports content somehow cool like i mean other than like because hbo has only ever had like boxing right so i don't really know what that's gonna be but like hbo uh, hbo max ugh, and whatever the nbc universal and the warner media um uh properties are gonna be like i don't know like those all just seem so uninteresting to me it's all about netflix and disney plus and to a lesser extent hulu so let's let's talk about that so uh, news broke. Was it during their earnings call, or what, what? What was the occasion that Disney released the news? I believe it was during their earnings call. Yes. So they were talking about Disney Plus again, which, when it launched, was Disney Plus going to be six or eight dollars a month? I think it was uh, announced at uh, six ninety nine. Okay, so right in the middle. So I mean, that was a, like that was a jaw dropping, uh, competitive price. And of course, it's of like everybody can acknowledge that that's priced artificially low, and it's going to be kind of the thing where they boil the frog, and and eventually it's going to end up costing fifteen or twenty dollars a month after five years. But um, yeah, so they announced they announced that they're going to have a thirteen dollar bundle that bundles Disney Plus, ESPN Plus, which I think is five or six dollars on its own, and the ad supported tier of Hulu, which is a retail value of eight dollars, I think. Five ninety nine. It looks like on this uh, streamable article that will be in the notes. So what's six plus five plus seven? <laughs> <laughs> My brain is is done with today. <laughs> six plus five. I'm literally using launch bar because I can't think more more than the twelve ninety nine that this is going to cost. Uh, it's eight. It's a five dollar savings. So yeah. So I think that's a really compelling bundle, and I think that is leveraging the like the uh, just all of their properties in a way where I think. Um, AT&T and, um, Warner media just aren't like, oh, like so many of these companies have a lot of content at their disposal, but I just feel like they don't have the brand cohesion and the vision to actually make something that customers understand. But I think Hulu has been around enough and they've had enough original shows where people know what that is. And when you combine all the over the top stuff from ESPN plus, which I think probably most people still don't see a lot of value in. Um, but when you bundle that with Disney Plus, Hulu, and ESPN Plus, like I think that's an insanely compelling value proposition. Um, and so, like, can I can I ask you a question? Yeah. I, I meant to look this up. Mm-hmm. Um, 
ESPN Plus. Does, like, if if there's an if there's an NBA game no. on no. ESPN, no, right? I, I I can't watch that on ESPN Plus. Like ESPN Plus is like is like it's basically just like ESPN three, kind of. Except ESPN three is is the the existing one that you get from your MSO. Like no, um, ESPN Plus is something to do with Kobe Bryant. And like he made some documentary series for them that they won't stop talking about. And then in terms of sports content, you get, I think, like an extra 10 ESPN hosted NHL games. You get a bunch of MLS soccer stuff. And I think maybe some cricket. Like you get like a lot of stuff that normally wouldn't make the network, but also has like increased licensing rights. You do get more content. But if you don't have a cable subscription, this is 1 million percent not a la carte espn i can't i'm not going to be watching sports center on this absolutely not yeah okay yeah they have like weird um kind of like cnbc has like uh over the top only shows um they have like a couple of talk shows or like analysis shows that are only on espn plus that i assume like eight people watch but um no regular espn proper and espn2 content um are not available on that without a standard cable sub so the other thing that I'm really fascinated by, this is more just like a Disney Plus specific thing, but um, they announced that their 2019 theatrical slate, fancy phrase, um, is will all be Lanking exclusive. <laughs> will all be exclusive um, to Disney Plus from like a streaming standpoint. But what I'm really really curious about is when that's going to happen. So like, oh, when, like how how after how far after Blu-ray release? Exactly. So like the the Lion King, which is actually one of the examples they use here, when it comes out on Blu-ray, sometime in like October, November ish. Like, how much of a delay is there before it's on Disney Plus? I would say three to six months, depending on how conservative you're being. Yeah, that sounds. That I think I think that sounds right to me. Which is which is that's that's pretty freaking good. Like, it's, I mean, even uh, to me, like Disney Plus, like double the price of what they've announced it at, even at like fifteen bucks a month. That's a it's a really really compelling service. It uh, it is, but it needs to include Hulu. Like that's I I Disney Plus on its own isn't that interesting to me. Like I think well, but, it's but, I think but, it's but great. That's, but... that's a key thing, though, is to you because you're. I mean, I'm not. I'm not picking on you here, but you're in a bit of the minority with your no kids dislike. No, not even that. I mean, your your active dislike of like Star Wars and Marvel. Like that's not the. That's not kind of the 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 mainstream view. Okay, I wouldn't say it's active dislike, but it's 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 extreme disinterest. Yeah. But yeah, like so yeah, two you're you're actually um you're you're exactly right, which is two of the biggest draws in entertainment are um like uh, completely immaterial for my for my interest. Right. And they have I mean you 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 put those together, which is kind of the more modern stuff, and then you package on basically the entire Disney back catalog, which is I would say without question the strongest back catalog of movies of any studio. And it's like, man, like that's, that's a really, really good service. Like it's, it's pretty crazy how well positioned, um, Disney is. Although, um, so Kara Swisher was on, uh, Bill Simmons's podcast yeah, this week. Yeah. 
I, it was, I had mixed feelings about that interview overall. Um, but I did think that um, there were a couple of really good sections about Disney Plus. Mm-hmm. And one of the really interesting points that um, Swisher made was Disney's never successfully executed on a technology platform. So her question is like, obviously the content, like, you know, that that's there, like that's a, that's a gimme for them. But she has a lot of questions around whether they can just literally execute on this service actually like working kind of from like a, like a technical and user experience perspective. I find it hard to believe they're not going to figure that out, but she, she was just making the point that they've never successfully done that, which I thought was kind of interesting. I don't necessarily know where she's getting that from, just because yeah. So ESPN three or ESPN three sixty, which became ESPN three, which then just became ESPN online, or sorry, watch ESPN. I don't like that. That like they've they've used Verizon as as like a, a CDN for it, and like I've never had an issue with the availability of content. And didn't I think it's Disney? Taken, I think it's taken them a long time to get there, though. Well, and didn't they make a strategic acquisition like three years ago of uh, MLB Advanced Media? Oh, did they? Didn't they? Disney, MLB, Bam. BamTech. Yes, uh, August 2017, Disney accelerates purchase of BamTech and announces streaming service with ESPN. So yeah, so I mean like MLB, what's it called? What's the MLB over the top thing? MLB at bat. I'm not sure. Well, whatever the $100 thing is, extra bases oh, M- or something? M- MLB.tv, I guess. MLB.tv. Yeah. They like I don't think I think most people have always pointed that to being the, like the even though it's a sport people watch less and less of has been kind of the gold standard of add-on services for a sports fan in terms of comprehensiveness and reliability. So yeah, Disney bought them like 2 years ago. So I don't I, I would actually dispute that point. I th- I think they're probably pretty well positioned um and I assume since they're friendly with Apple, there might be like kind of like a, a maybe an app that has extra uh, permissions or is tightly integrated into tvOS and I assume Disney is working with just literally everybody else to get it on Roku and fire TV and all that other stuff so I, I actually I'm, I'm not worried about that side of things we will see yes um back to the doc all right um <laughs> uh, and then last thing uh there was an uh I think this was this is the people that 538 use right Yes, this was a morning consult poll between them and The Hollywood Reporter, and they found, uh, just as a throwaway line, uh, Americans want to pay $21 a month for all their streaming services. I think many Americans will be disappointed. Mm-hmm. All right. Uh, the Fruit Company. Lots lot to talk about with them. You want happy stuff or bad stuff first? Is there any happy stuff? Is there any happy stuff? I was going to say, is there any happy stuff? I promise we're positive people. <laughs> I, don't, I don't promise that. Yeah, you. I think you have a sunnier disposition on life than I do, <laughs> and <laughs> I think that's probably fairly accurate. Um, I don't know what time of flight 3D sensing is, so we're going to ignore that link. Um, oh, okay. Let's talk about the the what what's what could be a unicorn or or like a pony request. So, Apple. There's been a rumor in DigiTimes uh, that has been reblogged by Nine to Five Mac, which is that allegedly there will be 5G antennas in MacBooks beginning in 2020. So as people who've listened to the show extensively, they will know that cellular support on 
Mac laptops has been my white whale forever. Like I have, I have gone through over the past 15 years of having PCMCIA, Express Card, USB Air Cards using mobile hotspot and Apple's personal hotspot feature, a feature which in 2019 still works 60% of the time. I, I, I want this so badly, but I don't believe this rumor at all. Yeah, the timing of this rumor really doesn't make any sense to me. Um, to me, Apple's going to be a thousand percent focused on getting 5G into the iPhone. And then maybe at, you know, some number of years after they do that, then they can think about um, the Mac, especially like in the context of like an ARM based Mac. I could see them potentially considering this. Um, cause you've got all the battery benefits. So you'd be able to support a 5g chip, et cetera, et cetera. Um, but 2020, which would, which would basically mean that they would launch them before a 5g iPhone or like shortly thereafter. Like that doesn't make any sense to me. Like, I think it's, I think it's entirely plausible, especially, and I know it's not it, it, the acquisition of Intel's modem business, like the to say that it was strategic and that, or I mean, to say that this is a result of that, like that's not true at all. Like they probably didn't know where the things were going to land with the Qualcomm, Qualcomm negotiations. So there's no way they're making bets on a product roadmap based on hoping that Intel failed enough where they could kind of poach that. Like that, that's not a thing. I do think this is um, plausible in the sense that um, with a laptop, uh, like shrinking the antenna and modem, to an extreme degree that you need to in a phone is less important and also battery life is less of a concern for like the radio um, efficiency so it's plausible but the reason why i don't think it's gonna happen is that apple doesn't care about the mac that's that's the reason this isn't gonna happen like maybe in a couple of years um because they'll have that extra talent for modems and maybe as one of the like the because like i i can see the case of whenever apple gets it together and does an, uh, a port of OS 10 to an ARM architecture that they're gonna be like, oh yeah, and one of those things that, that enables us to do is have uh, true all-day battery life, where they say that it gets like 18 hours or whatever, and also we get always on cellular, which is great. But I I just think that's gonna be a 2021 2022 thing for ARM Max if they even bother to do the modem thing. So it's a it's it's a combination of disinterest and also it it's just not gonna happen. Otherwise, I will eat my hat. I promise. <laughs> um. Oh, Apple confirms acquisition of Intel's modem business. Hey, we knocked out two things. Okay. There you go. Uh, 16-inch MacBook Pro. Like these rumors, man, it feels like a, a year ago that all these rumors came out. Uh, 16-inch MacBook Pro allegedly coming out next month. I'm skeptical. And also, I... I oh, go ahead. Or did this get refuted already? No, no, it, it hasn't. But I... um. What I'm starting to think of is the September event for the iPhone. I think is going to be a pretty quiet one this year. Like, because we're basically just getting like the iPhone 7 equivalent of this iPhone 10 generation, where we're getting the third iteration of the same phone design. So I think there's going to be a general. Um, lack of excitement around the iPhone this year. So I, I could see this being a year where, because Apple's done this before. I wish I had some like 
concrete examples to immediately bring up, but like on these, um, in the TikTok verbiage and these talk years, um, Apple sometimes will announce other products alongside the iPhone. So I could see this being a year where because the iPhone stuff isn't super new or exciting that maybe something like this completely redesigned MacBook Pro also gets announced. Maybe, but yeah, I don't Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, the 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 rumor cycle for the iPhone's been really really tame and and predictable. So, I I honestly don't know. I just feel like Apple really doesn't still even though they've had the vague renewed commitment to the Mac, I just don't think they're going to combine their key event. But hey, maybe the iPhone's under 50% of total total revenues now, so maybe maybe it's a dead product too. The the parts of the rumors though that have made a little less sense to me is, you know, we've been hearing about this, you know, like $3,000 starting price, although, you know, pricing information usually doesn't leak out from Apple because, you know, like the supply chain where a lot of this stuff comes from, they don't really have a great sense of what Apple's going to either name or price products. So kind of take that with a grain of salt, but like assuming that's true, the other part of this rumor that started to um, kind of heat up lately is that this um, 16 inch MacBook Pro is actually going to replace the 15 inch MacBook Pro. So it's not going to be like another screen size option. Like the, this kind of, kind of in the way that the, um, um, I guess it's 11 inch, whatever the, the size of the current iPad Pro is, sort of took over the 10 and a half inch iPad Pro. Um, like the same thing's going to happen here. So, which is going to mean that there's going to be like this huge gap in price between the 13 inch and 16 inch laptop, which would be kind of weird. But I guess, I guess the Mac lineup's been kind of weird forever. So, I don't know, maybe, <laughs> maybe this is just a continuation of that. Yeah. I mean, as we discussed in the last episode, I believe, uh, like we, we thought the 15 inch was much, much cheaper, but since it starts at $2,400, going up to three, and like, and I, I think uh, it's probably a holdover from the talk show, but Gruber was right where the, or maybe it was Snell, he was making the point that basically they, Apple thinks they now have, or Apple's approach is going to be that anything that has the pro label on it is going to be very expensive. And that's going to give them liberties to make something that is maybe more fitting of the pro name, since they're not trying to have to hit a certain price point. Um, but yeah, I, I, I'm not entirely sure. Like, I think, I think it's a mix of uh, Apple maybe hoping to kind of do like what they do with the iPhone 10, which is, um, extract more money out of people because the upgrade cycles are lengthening and also just making stuff more expensive and using that under the guise of m- more features, sort of. And yeah, the whole point is allegedly has an edge-to-edge display, but the the thing I keep wondering about or that I think has been unclear is will this have the new keyboard or are they literally going to ship a redesigned computer if this actually happens and it still has the same shit butterfly keyboard? This, this I think, will have the new keyboard. Then how long, since they just revved the 13-inch Mac Pro and so many of the other ones, how how long is it going to be before those get it? Like, uh, next, like, next fall that's 14 months away mm-hmm. or maybe that's maybe bonkers. next like maybe next spring like maybe you know wwdc ish next year something like that <sighs> or dub dub as you say <sighs> okay uh 
yeah, I mean, they're, they're a vague eye for rumors that we can skip over. Allegedly, they're going to do what Samsung does. So Samsung has currently in the S10 and the upcoming Note 10, they have an under-the-screen fingerprint reader, which is has been of limited success on those phones. It's cool that it exists, but the speed and reliability of it is definitely worse than a traditional um, home button or side-mounted sensor. So allegedly on the iPhone two years from now, this is a very long uh, or far out rumor, um, there will be both Face ID and Touch ID, which which is great, um, but also, yeah, I don't know. It's, I don't think you can bank on anything two years in, in advance. I think you could make any rumor and say it's going to be in two years and people will be maybe. Um, yeah. All right, and then before we get to Apple Card, which I think is going to be our last thing, do you have anything to say about their uh, the um, third quarter results? Other than the big takeaway, which is that iPhone revenues, which used to be uh, between 65 and 75-ish percent of their revenues, have dipped below 50% for the first time. I'm So that, that was my kind of the only thing that I felt was worth bringing up. And I, I liked the conversation they had on Upgrade this week about that. And I generally agree with, I think this is, this is how Jason felt, that this is, this is a good thing for Apple because their decision-making process was, you know, to a degree, understandably, so skewed when the iPhone represented such a significant majority of their business that now that there's a bit of an even mix, hopefully their attention is going to be a little bit more spread out. Now, you could kind of turn that and say, well, look what they've decided to focus on in this kind of, you know, not post iPhone world, but in in a world where the iPhone is sort of plateauing, you know, they've decided to focus on things like Apple TV plus and all these other services. So I think that the key thing here will be, yes, it's a good thing that they can not solely focus on the iPhone, but, um, what like that extra kind of attention span they have now, like where's that going to go? That's the big question. Yeah. Um, and sorry, did you just, uh, did, did you cover the R and D spend in that or no? No, I trailed off for a sec. Sorry. Um, yeah. So apparently they, I forget the number cause I'm, I'm looking at a different chart. So you can, you can put a link in the show notes to a uh, friend of the show, Jason Snell. He always has every single quarter, a ton of excellent charts that came straight out of numbers. Um, Actually, before we go to R&D, one of the most interesting charts here is the one at the very, very bottom, which I think says a lot, which is the rebounding um, or at least uh, like stopping the bleeding on Apple in China, where over the past few quarters, you saw rather than just kind of the strong um, double digit growth they had for multiple quarters, uh, it fell down to be like a negative 25% in uh, early 2019. And that has rebounded where they are still losing um, or they are still not growing in China, but the uh, shrinking of that market is, is far, far, far less. Um, research. I, mean, I can't find it. But anyway, they, they did something uh, where uh, I think like they're spending like over three billion, like or a lot, a lot of money uh, on R&D and it eclipsed what they had spent in like the past three years. There's, there's some metric, which is probably buried somewhere near, which I don't know. It's cool. I mean, again, uh, as we talked about with Upgrade, they made a really good point where in the wearable section, which actually has been a um, 
a strong performing category for them alongside services. Um, like a lot of people just don't give enough credit to AirPods as just being the wild phenomenon that they have been. And that's something that I think Mike pointed out that, yeah, just came out of nowhere and some, somebody's developing that technology. Right. Yeah. Diversification of the core business. And with that, the last thing we'll talk about, another bit of diversification, a credit card. Mm. So we, we, we already uh, pooped all over this the first time we talked about it, but uh, we are on that second wave where Apple starts seeding uh, a pre-release product to reporters. And depending on who the reporter is, they will either be insanely effusive about it or mildly skeptical, but nobody's ever outright negative about it because, you know, access journalism. So what has been your take on um, kind of this initial round of Apple card stuff or just people being reminded that this is a thing that they were doing, which when was this first talked about at WWDC? Yeah, Jesus. it was so weird. <laughs> I, it was funny because when they said that on upgrade this week, I was like, wait, no, that's wrong. This, this was announced at the services event, which would have made sort of some sense. But then, Ugh. I was like, oh, no, shit. No, this, this was part of, like, iOS 13 and WWDC. Um, but anyway, um, so I, I, I um, so, you know, I'm, I'm, I try to be careful to step outside the T-word circle and sort of, like, not, not assume that, you know, everything that we do around technology is easy to everybody. Like, I mean, I, I just was, we were just talking about the smart home stuff and how like, I'll be the first to admit that like that stuff is a mess and it's super complicated and is just really not for most people. So I get that. But like, so like th this has been something that like Jason Snell talks a lot about how like, this is the credit card for people who like, don't want to like, you know, get into like the really complicated world of like credit card points and stuff. I don't buy it. Which, which I don't buy. Like, right. Like they're sure there, you, you can get like really deep on that stuff and make it complicated if you want to. What's the, what's the deal with the chase freedom card? Isn't it just like one and a half back no matter what? And it's straight cash. hundred percent. Like th there are so many good credit cards out there where if you have one or two different cards, which, which is, you know, assuming that you have the credit score to, to do it is, is very easy to sign up for. And you can get a much better deal than you get with this Apple card thing. And like, yeah, I guess you don't get all the like on phone stuff with like, you know, I guess some of the deeper integration with the wallet app and you don't get the weird titanium card and all that. But like, Ugh. who who cares? Like, I just, this the whole thing is just so dumb. So we'll go right back to that, but let me just briefly recap what the card was. So again, it was a thing where Apple has a, what I think they called it like the first truly digital credit card. They had a whole lot of marketing BS related to this. Basically, it's a card that's issued by Apple, but um, or sorry, it's issued by Goldman Sachs, but it's uh, administrated and mostly supported through Apple. And it is a virtual card first. So basically it lives inside of Apple Wallet. You actually have three card numbers, the one that you're using for NFC payments, one that you use online, and one that's assigned to the, um, the chip on the physical card that they get. Um, but the reward structure is tiered in a way where I think you get 3% back on any purchase with Apple, 2% back on NFC-based purchases, and 1% back on everything else. Is that accurate? Yes. Okay. 
And so that's that's fine. And then, but I think the problem, like most of my uh, hatred of this, which I think we covered at length when it first came out, was that Apple pretended like it was or positioned it as if it was a revolutionary thing where they were like upending the entire financial industry when they're absolutely not. They partner with one of the largest and most hated banks in the world. The interest rates on them are maybe slightly better than um like the average but definitely not like it's it's not like subprime or secured credit card bad but it's certainly not like five percent apr as opposed to like chase doing like 14 to 21 percent or something so it's not that either it is privacy forward which i think is cool sort of like i mean i like i i you people have to understand that with most other financial services company like aggregate data is sold for marketing purposes that is not entirely identifiable to you but that is a next that's an ancillary revenue source that they have and, and apple is committing to not do that so i mean that's neat but like i just i don't buy the hype that any of this is revolutionary and also that any of it is other than apple found a financial instrument that they can shoehorn on the iphone and use dark patterns of ui design to try to force people to use and be another revenue source where apple gets to be a middleman and i know it's like a super cynical take but i think it's the correct one because that is what it is like i don't i don't think it's like a product that's going to take advantage of customers and it's not really worse than a lot of other things on the mar- in the marketplace but it's not better and i think apple tries to pretend that everything they do is better well said uh, but yeah, in terms of reviews, uh, uh, <laughs> Matt Panzerino uh, had had. If you want to read one that is uh, uh, upsettingly effusive, go read his thing at TechCrunch. Uh, Nilay Patel, um, and if you can find the tweet that I linked to from Slack, he um, had a good thing on a couple of um, like first setup interactions with the Apple Card where. Um, one like it tries to force you like it 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 makes it re- like it, it shows how apple is going to make it really hard for you to not have one or use every possible bit of lock in that they have to suggest that that you use this um like i don't know like I, i'm i'm just pretty pretty negative on this because like it's i don't know it's just it's a company that's that's running out of ideas or a company that is that is showing that it basically just needs more like it yeah, it's just trying to extract more money out of people. And and I know that's what a company does, but like it's not doing it in the Apple way. But Apple owes us nothing, so that's that means nothing. <laughs> like it's a company, but like as long as Apple like Apple might as well just start making washing machines. Like go full Samsung. Like you don't need if you want to diversify what you're doing, sure, like go for it. But pretending that you like they're now your your super friendly bank, like I I I don't think I don't think that's the, that's it. It's going to be a completely viable new source of revenue from customers, and that makes every iPhone user that much more um, sticky. And uh, you're getting more money out of people, but just like being stingy with iCloud space, like are you doing it in the right way? Are you using your lock-in and competitive advantage like you do with Apple Music to box out competitors and try to find a way to skim more money off the top, or are you making awesome stuff that people want to buy Oof. all right all right you got anything else before chef specials i don't think so all right what you got uh so you you took this i think off the menu in the last episode we did maybe it was the episode before um but the 
uh, Power Beat Pros continue to be awesome. I know I've already made them a chef special of mine, and you, you had made them one of yours, but then you took them away. Um, I've worn them for some extended periods of time recently, which was kind of the first time I had done that. And they're, they're great. They're really, really great. And that the things that you really pick up on with the wearing them for a little bit longer, I've had, I've had the opposite experience where no matter how long I wear them, they continue to be just as comfortable, like from the moment I put them on and the battery life is crazy. It's like, it's crazy good on these. It's, it's gotta be, it's so much better than even like, like the power beats two that I had, like, I thought the battery life on those was pretty good, but like, holy cow, like the, it's, it's, the battery life's gotta be at least twice as good on, on the power beats pros. It's really impressive. So I feel like between the AirPods and these, like it's like, it's a killer, that's a killer combination of, uh, of headphones. So you're right. Um, I still maybe slightly disagree with the comfort thing. Uh, but that's, I mean, that's just, that's a highly individualized thing, but yeah, I was worried about the, cause like the, the same long, uh, use case, I think was the same for both of us recently, but I was worried that because the AirPod battery life, even when they're brand new, isn't, isn't amazing. Like the charging case helps, but if you were going to do like a single long sustained event, you have to like the, the AirPods. The get, second, the second gen ones are pretty good, but they're like four to five hours of music before you, before you have to pop them into the case. Right. Something like that. Yeah. Where power beats, I was actually like, Oh no, actually like are these because they have the individual buds and they have the charging case. Or is it like the AirPods? No. And Apple actually made an ad for these, uh, where like they were showing somebody doing some like ultra crazy race or something in, in, in Europe where, yeah, apparently you can get like eight to 10 hours on a single charge not even having to put them back in the charging case. Right. Which is and amazing. the charging case, like, it, it has a ton of extra battery life. Mm-hmm. I hardly ever have to charge the case. It's the size of a Big Mac box, but yeah. <laughs> um, so yeah, so you were totally right. Again, the comfort is, like, I, I found that actually they're not as bad as I thought they were. Maybe I was just using them weird that one day, but eh, still less comfortable than um, the Power Beats 3. But no, you're definitely right. Um, can I pivot real fast to one thing related to the last time you probably used them? Please. Did you remember there was a tech angle to the San Francisco Marathon? Uh, it has to do with something that was in the bag that they give you. I don't. I don't recall. Amazon Studios gave like a water bottle with. Oh a, yeah. I uh-huh. thought that was so weird, and also uh, in that went straight in the tr- recycling. <laughs> um, but also is that movie which is called Brittany runs a marathon i think is that coming out in theaters before amazon prime i don't know i think it is and i think that's uh, that strikes me as very weird that amazon does that and anyway. one of the one of the reasons they do that is for movies that they want to be eligible for certain awards i thought they have to... i thought they had like an armistice or like a detente with um steven spielberg where he stopped being mad about that uh, I, well, he did, but I, I don't think that changed the core requirement that I think like in order to be eligible for an Academy Award, I think you have to be in a certain number of theaters for a certain period of time. Got it. Well, I think this is mostly a comedy, so I do not think this is going up for an Oscar. No, pr- probably not. I don't think. Yeah. But yeah, like I, I think with that Roma movie that Netflix was trying really, really hard with that they had to do a theatrical release to make an eligible. Yeah, you're right. 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 
All right, yeah, Power Beats Pro, pretty good. Um, okay, actually, you helped me out and uh, dug up my chef special for me because I totally forgot about this. But yeah, these are pretty great. Uh, this is, and I, now I'm going to be worried about saying this like it's the Yuan, um, Koya uh, Protein Drinks. Delicious, low, what is, what's the description? Delicious, low-sugar, plant-based protein shakes. Mm-hmm. So these were recommended by now friend of the show, Mike Davidson, uh, who will, we will remember from a couple episodes ago about the superhuman email surveillance stuff. Uh, he posted about this and these are actually really good. Cause have you, are you a fan of like those Odwalla drinks or any of those like, you know, kind of bottled allegedly healthy for you things? The, I've never tried any of their protein ones, but the, the fruit ones I, I really like, but try to avoid. <laughs> Why is that? Because I think that like even the small bottles of those have like, I don't know, 50 grams of sugar or something. And I know it's like, it's all natural sugar, but... It's still not good, though. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's good to stay away from added sugar, but also like smoothies and just pure juice, still not great if you're not metabolizing the sugar. Right. Yeah, so that's, that's the bummer where most of those where you think, oh, yeah, it's, it's strawberry and bananas, it's all this good stuff, and it's got protein in it great uh but most of those have but if it's like 12 ounces like between 40 and 50 grams of sugar in it which is horrible for you so um these koya drinks which you can get at whole foods berkeley bowl and uh sprouts in the bay area um they're pretty good they generally have between four and six grams of sugar each for a 12 ounce like bottle and they have one that is caffeinated called the cold brew coffee one which is I'm going to give a one and a half thumbs up. Pretty good. How, how much caffeine are you getting in that? I think it is like 110 milligrams. So I think it's about a cup oh, and a half of coffee. It's not bad. Yeah. I really wish Spindrift would make a caffeinated version of half and half. It comes with a little bit of caffeine, doesn't it? I'm looking at the can right now. It says, I thought it said it did have a little bit of caffeine, less caffeine than two ounces of coffee, which you, <laughs> i don't wake i don't get out of bed for two ounces of coffee um because i can't because it's not caffeinated <laughs> um yeah so these these drinks are great um i would uh, the the cold Holy coffee cow, they're expensive though yeah they're 350 to four bucks which i don't think is that uh, because if you buy one of those little um because i've fallen off with this a little bit just because it's that was also kind of sugar heavy those little like um blue bottle yeah I, I know i've been i've been trying to get away from those too like the norwegian cold brew or whatever it's new orleans iced coffee sorry <laughs> norwegian cold brew <laughs> oh shut it down we're never gonna do better than that i'm very tired um oh it's been the longest wednesday um yeah those have like 16 grams of sugar in it and i and also they're four bucks where I mean again, and you've made this um, this point before, where like if it starts like being over three dollars, that kind of approaches like the four to five dollars you're expecting to spend at Phil's or Starbucks, where that's kind of it's kind of a lot for something you grab from the grocery store, right? But yeah, but these are good. Um, not a lot of sugar. They taste pretty solid. Stay away from the strawberry and banana one. It's pretty gross. But I've tried the uh, cacao bean the cold brew coffee one and the cinnamon horchata flavor. Ooh, how's the how's the horchata one? Good. Yeah, if you're ever Berkeley Bowl has been the cheapest place I've found them. They have them for 2.99 each. Otherwise in Marin, uh Molly Stones and Sprouts has them. So does Molly Stone have them for like 8 bucks a piece? 
don't get me started on Molly Stones. We're literally <laughs> like stepping into the store. They just it's it's like Apple in there, where literally they have a vacuum and they suck all your money out. Everything costs eight dollars. I was in one for the first time in a while uh, a couple weeks ago, and you've, holy cow, man! Is it the one in Bonaire? Yeah, yeah. That that I don't know if that one's exceptionally expensive, but oh, everything. That's crazy. I know it's wild. I was like, what? The oddly, the only thing that's well priced there is their bread. That's the one thing that is not marked up beyond what you'd expect. It's funny. I we have a little like local grocery store nearby here, and it's so funny because yeah, some stuff is like. 100% reasonably priced, if not like a little bit better than even like a Safeway. But then other stuff is like, sorry, what? Yeah. And sometimes they'll carry the same stuff as Safeway and you'll be like, oh, like this thing of mustard is $4 when it's $1.50 at Safeway. It's like, what? <laughs> yeah. But then it's the opposite where Safeway will, anything that it says like organic or locally grown is like twice as much as anywhere else. Like, it's like being a savvy shopper. Like, wh- where is the Apple card of grocery stores? I need Apple on my side. 